You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this Monday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, the Islanders are back playing in games this week. And thanks to the events of the weekend, they'll be uh, playing with Matthew Barzell, who is uh, now freshly signed to a brand new three-year contract extension. So we could all exhale for the first time in a long time. <laughs> you, you, especially with the Islanders, you don't want to like ever count chickens, ever. But... How nice was it that the Islanders had a negotiation with a high-profile free agent, uh, you know, restricted in this case, sure, but the be- their best player, their most known player, and there weren't, like, werewolves circling him, you know, f- media werewolves, I, w- I should point out, like, circling him and being like, oh, this means Barzell's going to go here. You know, I'm, I've heard this is happening. It sounds like the Oilers are about to offer sheet him. Like, it was, it was so refreshing to hear Elliot Friedman and people of his ilk be like, yeah, I hear that the the uh, the negotiations are, um, you know, they're 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 really friendly. Barzell wants to stay on the island. There's no reason to think otherwise. It's all about this these cap gymnastics that the Islanders need to kind of pull off. Um, and hearing the media talk with that kind of nuance about a situation that on its surface was the easiest kind of clickbaity thing that they could do, which was Matt Barzell's like, you know, hold, hold he, he technically not a holdout, but you know what I mean? Like Matt Barzell, not signing a contract. The Islanders are going through it again. This here we go again. John Tavares all over again. Like it was just, and especially with the uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois thing happening simultaneously. It was just like, it was, 
you know, we, we, we slag off the, the media all the time. Uh, it, but this time it was, it was relatively nice that the way that things were treated, I guess, or handled. Um, and it wasn't until free, I listened to Elliot Friedman kind of talk about it on, uh, the Sportsnet podcast or 31 thoughts or whatever that I was like, wow, this is like the first time in my life that this has happened. And it was really nice. Yeah, no, it definitely was. Uh, there's one, uh, one person we shall not name a, uh, former hockey goon, current podcaster and vodka pitch man that was apparently uh, pushing for Barzell to uh, hold out and get what he's worth and blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to talk about it, but I, cause I agree with you. I, I think that, you know, a lot of these guys made very clear right off the bat that this was not a situation where we really needed to worry. And I don't think anybody was really all that worried about it, but as Arthur Staple wrote in his Matt Barzell thing, there was no acrimony between the two sides. Um, yeah, Friedman said, you know, this was not a contentious thing. And then Barzell, when he signed, he, he was right at practice and there's a picture floating around of him, like hugging Lee and, and Everly sharing a good laugh on the bench. And, and it's really cute. And then he did the zoom call afterwards and was like, no, everything was really respectful. And, you know, they, I was, would have been happy to sign for six years, but you know, we had to wait. He didn't say so much as, you know, <laughs> I was waiting for Lou to trade. I had somebody. to wait for we the bad players to be traded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, but, you know, he was like, I was happy to sign for six years. But, you know, it's something that Lou and and nobody's really gone through before is having to like sign somebody in the middle of a of a pandemic with a shortened season and all that. So, um, you know, he's happy to sign and not for nothing, but uh, you know, not, I guess, to sound like, uh, uh, you know, I'm totally in the bag for the, uh, the the team here, but I think this is the best possible outcome. It's a three-year contract. It's got a $7 million AAV. The salary payout actually uh, scales up. So I think it's, I believe it's $4 million this year, $7 million next year, and then $10 million the year after. And it all shakes out to, you know, three years, $21 million, basically an average of seven. So that's his cap hit. Um, but then he's a, he's still a restricted free agent at the end of it. And yes, he'll have arbitration rights and he will have to be qualified at at least like eight and a half million or something like that. He's going to be making a lot more than eight and a half million. And by then, the Islanders have a lot of guys coming off the cap. Samin Varlamov, Kyle Clutterbuck. Yeah, I could probably see Clutterbuck coming back, but probably not for what he's making now. Uh, Leo Leo Komarov will certainly be gone by then. Um, you know, they'll have other guys signed to other contracts, but, you know, Lou Lamarello is, I'm sure, already hard at work trying to fit all those puzzle pieces together and make it work. And so they've basically kicked this down the road and they didn't give up any UFA years, um, but they're going to have to pay for them three years from now, basically. But Matt Barzell will still be under Islanders control and they'll still be able to sign him without, you know, the UFA drama. So, I mean, you're talking about now this. This was Barzell's, what, fourth full season or third full season uh, that he just the one before, I guess his third full season. Yeah, I think so. And now he's going to have three more. And then if they sign him, let's say to a six year contract after that, you're talking about this guy being an Islander for 12 years. Like that's a lot, you know? And I mean, obviously they're going to fork over the dough, but by then Islanders will be in Belmont park, UBS arena. Again, a lot of guys will be off the cap. There's an expansion draft coming. So a lot can change in three years and grease the skids and clear the runway for a huge, huge Matt Barzell extension, which is I'm sure they're already, kind of planning on um so i i think it was the best of both worlds i mean yes you had they signed him for six years then they would he'd be here for six years but then at the end of that six he'd be a ufa and then it would be like you know 2018 all over again in that situation that you just described which i don't think anybody wants so he's back in the fold which is great again i don't think anybody really thought he wouldn't be but it's nice to see him out there smiling of course you know he steps on the ice and what happens he gets hit in the mug with a puck or a stick or something like that because he's matt barzell and that's just what happens to him <laughs> um that that beautiful mug keeps getting scratched up all the time can't help it 
Um, uh, but it's great to see him out there. And uh, the Islanders play games starting on Thursday, the 14th, against the Rangers uh, at the Garden. There's two games back-to-back. And they're basically going to have their full complement of players. They were, they made their cuts today, waved some dudes. And, um, you know, the lineup you're looking at is pretty much the lineup that is uh, – going to take the ice and it's pretty much the lineup that was uh in play at the uh in the playoffs just except without um Devon Taves and Johnny Boychuk. So get ready. What what are you uh what are you thinking about going into this uh this season here, this very truncated 56 game season that has to start with two friggin' games against the Rangers, which is not something <laughs> you, I really want. You, yeah, you knew that when when the NHL was talking about like these div- division only schedules and the baseball style two game series or three game series um that it, they were going to throw the rangers at the islanders first and um <laughs> but it, i i'm just excited like it's it's been um such a strange uh off season because you just really never knew what the like what like the next kind of thing that that every team had to deal with every team was obviously dealing with the same big picture problem uh which is obviously not just a hockey problem but the islanders uh situation was uh, it was basically like them and and the Lightning and the Knights a little bit. Uh, and of those teams, like the Islanders are the one with the, um, for some reason, just just can't they they can't pretend like the cap doesn't exist. Well, the, the other teams, for some reason, they can and uh, they make it work in different ways. But uh, it's it's just nice to have some sort of like good concrete feel for uh, what what what's to come. Like, because it's not I'm not waking up tomorrow wondering if. Uh, you know, Ilya Sorokin's coming over or if Matt Barzell is being re- going to be signed or if the Islanders are going to ha- have to trade, you know, Devon Taves or Nick Letty or a first round pick uh, to to get a contract off the books. Like it's 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 in front of us now. And like you said, that there's no reason to be uh, pessimistic yet about this, because first of all, the the contract like that we all wanted came through and it came through drama free and. You know, as you were saying, it's so nice just to see Matt Barzell smiling in Islander, an Islander, an Islander logo like this. It's clear that he likes being here. And, and like this is a this was a good contract. It should just add to um, to to kind of like the good feelings that Islander fans should have like the rest, whatever, whatever is kind of going on. And like the rest of the hockey world kind of doesn't matter. The Islanders are going to continue to be an outlier. Nobody's really, nobody knows what any team's going to do in the season, but the the Islanders are kind of, uh, you can see the season going so many different ways and people kind of don't like that. Like that, first of all, they don't like that. And they don't like the way that the Islanders go about their business because it makes it hard for, to quantify them and preview them and write up, write up compelling content about them. Uh, so, uh, we know, we know what to expect and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good. And I, I, I still, I'm sure tomorrow, will, you know, the, the doom and gloom will set in because something bad will happen. And that's how I always expect with the Islanders. Well, but tomorrow, so today was the cut down, like the big waiver day. Right. So like half the league I put on waivers. Tomorrow, the, those things that doom and gloom will happen when they don't pick up somebody on waivers. Uh, I highly doubt they're going to lose any of their guys they put on waivers. Josh was saying already cleared. Um, the Mason jobs already cleared. They put down, they sent, they put down like they're dogs. They're not dogs. They're, they're they sent down, uh, or waived, uh, Thomas Hickey. And I believe Andrew Ladd and Arston Zarnick, um, and also Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom. Now those latter two could factor in, in a big way into the third line, which is right now, JG Pajot 
and question mark, question mark. Um, that line was together, Pajot, Wallstrom, Bellows for a little while in training camp, and people got excited, thinking, "Yeah, we got to we got to do everything center with a couple of hot shot wings. This might work." And then, of course, <laughs> time comes and it's like, "Who's on the roster still?" Leo Komarov. Um, there's some strategy there, though, as as Arthur Staple had pointed out to me earlier, that you know the Islanders still need to put Johnny Boychuk on long term injured reserve, and the, the way to get the most out of that. Uh, situation would be to have the most um, salary on the cap and then put him on injured reserve so that you get uh, the most of his salary tacked on, you know, because if you only you will only get what what you need, I guess, out of it. And if you put him on earlier without when you don't need that much, well, then you're not going to get that much. Um, so there's probably a reason why Leo is still there. Lad, I guess let's let's so they had to be cap compliant today, too, or they have to be cap compliant by, I think, Tuesday afternoon. Um, so I guess that's a long way of saying that I could see Bellows and, and Wallstrom coming back. Uh, at some point early in the season, you know, with the 56 games, you don't have a lot of time to kind of experiment. And I'm sure Barry Trotz is well aware of that, especially with these two game series. You know, I mean, you, you play the game against the Rangers and, you know, maybe you win or lose or whatever, but then you're right back at them two nights later <laughs> and you better be ready again or else, you know, you're going to be Oh, two in the hole just to start the season. You can't really get off on a foot like that. So um, one bad note from training camp though, was Casey Zizekas apparently got hurt. Um, something that was maybe his wrist or his arm. They haven't said anything. Um, you know, they never do. And we won't know until <laughs> I guess Thursday night when we see who takes the ice. I assume Casey will, will be out there again. If he's not, you could probably see Zarnik slide in again. He was waived today. So, I mean, he could probably end up coming back. And, uh, yeah, like I said, like you said, this is, a, this is a, the lineup that's very familiar looking, but the big guy, and we talked a lot about him last time is Ilya Sorokin. And, uh, it's crazy. You know, normally, one of my least favorite things of the sporting year are the training camp tweets. Everybody does it. Like I follow people from different sports and it's always like, you know, the football ones are the worst. It's like, Oh yeah. What, what a hookup Darnold to somebody else in training camp. Well, like that's the, you know, I mean, okay, great. That's good for good for them. It's not a real game. Um, and that happens in hockey all the time. But when you keep hearing about what Ilya Sorokin has done in training camp, it's hard to not get excited because you know, the way especially Andrew Gross has been <laughs> describing these plays, uh, the dude looks like he's ready to go, which is nice since he hasn't played hockey in almost a year uh, since when the KHL season ended. So uh, he's the big X factor. And uh, I read Down Goes Brown's thing today, uh, like a little, you know, he's like slots everybody into different groups. And the Islanders were in these sort of like, I don't know, they weren't a contender, but they weren't a bottom feeder and they weren't a who knows. They were just sort of like their group. And he was like, you know, we're in year three of the Islanders, not knowing any and nobody knowing if the Islanders are any good. But of course, they are good. And you'll know about it when they beat your team two one. And you're like, what the hell just happened? And he did mention Ilya Sorokin, though, as being sort of the X factor. So we'll have to see uh, how, how that works out. But he won't start game one, though, which is another thing too. Barry Trotz actually for, for one time tipped us off who his starting goalie is going to be for the game coming up in a couple of days. It will be uh, Simeon Varlamov game one, which makes sense. You know, he was in that playoff series, but you can't keep Sorokin on the bench too long. He's going to have to play, and we're all going to finally get a look at the man we've all been dying to see. If we were waiting to see Barzell, well, this guy is, like, not even. We've seen Barzell play. We've never seen Sorokin play, so I think we're all pretty excited. Yeah, I I think if you you would have to have been um, crazy to think that Trotz would have started him in game one. It's just so against, you know, everything that him and Lou and this this, this team is – kind of like showed us when they show when they do show us their hand and uh 
yeah, it's like it's 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 strange because you do you read all this stuff and people are telling you, oh well, the Islanders are like the least watchable team in the league, or they're boring. We know what to expect for them, and then you start thinking like, yeah, but you know, we don't, <laughs> we have no idea because this guy, we just we could be the Russian Dominic Koshik, and you don't know if Anthony Beauvillier is. People are starting to like hype him up for the big breakout season if he scores 25 or 30 goals or is on that pace for in a normal season and there there just are reasons that that we can be excited about and that's what the uh opening week is all about and to, i guess you know it's I, I know that all day on thursday i'll be uh you know just like i'll be bricking it because they are, they're playing the rangers and that's what you know you do when you play the rangers is that you just sit all day i'm on you, the fence still by the way of actually if i'm actually going to watch it or not so. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I think uh, it, the, the season opener adds adds a new wrinkle. Um, yeah, I was watching uh, as 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 usual, uh, watching uh, SAB three one NYI's uh, YouTube channel like in the background today, and I was watching the game where um, the two thousand seven, the last game that they played the Rangers that that year, they had to not lose in regulation, and the Canadians had to whatever you know the game they went in a shootout, and just hearing. Um, you know Billy Jaffe and Howie Rose kind of talk about how cool it was that these two teams were um, both playing for they both had skin in the game at the same time this late in the season playing each other like it was it was nice hearing that because like that's what it's going to be this season too this these these games are going to mean they're four point games obviously up and down the schedule because you're playing always playing a divisional opponent but uh, you can kind of get yourself lost in like the cliches against the Rangers right now. Cause they're the team on the come up. The Islanders are, are the old guard, which is not a situation that you, has normally happened uh, in this rivalry, at least in the past 20, 30 years. Uh, so it could be fun to watch like these two teams b- battle it out. And like the Sorokin, Shisterkin factor is fun. Um, so there's, there's some fun stuff. And then of course, you know, six minutes into the game, uh, when Ryan Pollock puts a big hit on Artemi Panarin and, and uh, there's like a scuffle, you'll see the tweets like, Whoa, man, wouldn't a playoff series between these two teams be just great. And you re- then you remember that you're on night one of the regular season. And, and you really <laughs> wish that that person that tweeted that wouldn't tweet it because uh, it's a little early for that stuff. But I always uh, remember Gary Thorne would always call the first game of the season when he was on ESPN and he would absolutely go bonkers for the first goal of the season. And it was like, Gary, Settle down. <laughs> You've got about a hundred more of these coming up. Uh, you don't need. It's the first goal of the season, really. It's not the final goal of the Stanley Cup final. It's okay, but I remember <laughs> it was always a crazy thing. Um, just um, just to interrupt real quick, I have some some breaking news, at least somewhat breaking news, via Dave Pagnotta on uh, Twitter here uh, regarding uh, both Matt Martin and um, uh, Andy Green. So. Martin's contract. Uh, we, did we talk about this last time? I think I don't know if we did. I think this all came about yeah. later on. I know I we, wrote a we, thing about it. Um, so Martin's deal uh, will, in fact, be four years, which uh, Arthur Staple had kind of talked about, and and Ilian Friedman had talked about in his um, uh, thirty-one thoughts column. Uh, it's four years, six million, which sounds like a lot, but it's really uh, seven hundred thousand this year, and then one point five million for the following three years. Uh, we'll get to him again in a second. Andy Green, your man, is coming in at a bargain, one year, seven hundred thousand dollars salary. So, best player in the world, pretty good. Yeah, and the best player in the world for one year, seven hundred thousand. Insane, an insane, insane amount. 
Um, so yeah, green at seven hundred thousand uh, for one year uh, is you know obviously a no brainer. You take him back the way he played last year. Hopefully, again they can continue. Short season. He's an old player. Pair him up with Noah Dobson. I think they'll be pretty good. Uh, Martin, though, we need to talk about. It. I don't think we talked about him last time. So uh, Martin was a UFA. We all kind of expected him to come back. He's the mayor of Long Island. Nobody expected him to come back on a four-year contract uh, worth one one and a half million a year, I guess, obviously, for the last three years and then 700 this year. Um, you know, I, I wrote an article about it. I don't want to rehash too much of it, but basically – you know, we all love Matt Martin. Like, how could if how could he be an Islander fan and not love Matt Martin? Like, this guy is just he's done everything. He's been a very, very effective player um for a long time. And he's just, you know, again, he's the mayor. Like, he's a guy who loves playing here. His wife is obviously from here, which helps, but he has ingratiated himself into the Long Island community off season and during the season. And we love him for it. Do we need him around for four years? Uh, for a team that has very little wiggle room when it comes to salary cap uh movement mm, seems like a dicey prospect and that was my whole thing was you know the islanders don't have a lot of room to maneuver already and then you tack on another four-year contract on top of that now you've added another sort of you know speed bump to the whole process now having barzell already in the fold definitely helps if green's gonna take 700 grand the base salary for this this season well even better um and you know it maybe it doesn't come back to bite them but it just seems awfully dicey for a guy who we all love. I get that, but I don't know, man, four years seems like a lot. And I know that, you know, Boomer said that, Oh, there's going to, there are other teams coming after him. Yeah, that might be true, but I don't know. I don't think he was ever going to leave here four years, two years, three years or whatever, but Hey, what are you going to do? It's, um, it, you're, it's not surprising. First of all, like when people, the rest of the, once again, like the rest of the people in, in the hockey Twitter sphere weren't paying attention and they got their uh, guffaws out with at, at Matt Martin signing this contract. Like, you knew, we all knew that this was a possibility that like Matt Martin would sign a, a funny looking deal like this. And uh, like the thing that's frustrating about it is that this isn't three years ago that he signed it. And I'm not just talking about his age. I'm talking about the Islanders cap situation. Like it's this whole off season, all every day you wake up and you just, you're thinking, how are the Islanders going to get out of some of these bad contracts? And like, it's you're just wondering it. So it's like, it's just crazy that Lou did this. Lou is an absolute maniac for doing it in the middle of everybody. All anyone could talk about is the Islanders contract situation. And most of these contracts are all because they've given bottom six players term, um, I think Carrie Haber put it pretty well uh, when he's like, it could be, a, you know, a th- another paper cut in, in the Islanders death by a thousand paper cut uh, situation, which, which could loom. But at the, at the same time, like it, like who knows, like you, you just don't know what the next three years are going to look like. Maybe, you know, the, you just can't, it's hard to, it's hard to, um, you know, be mad in 2023 when it's, only 2021 you know it's like so if if um not not a deal that i'm thrilled about um thrilled like you said we love matt martin but um i'm try i try to focus on you know this this upcoming season um and it's it's he should be a you know contributor in 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 his own way like he's not um he's not a terrible player by any means people paint him people paint him in in i think they're starting people are starting to kind of come around on him around the league a little bit more because they we're starting to see better stats for you know 
for checking and defense, mm. especially if you're a forward. And, and he, he, he also kinda, had a great playoff run. Like yeah, he was he very did. noticeable in a good way during the playoffs. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a guy that like when you, this is another cliche, like you, you know that Matt Martin's going to be on the ice and you're playing on the other team, you're playing on the Flyers or the Capitals. Like you're just not going to be thrilled about that prospect. Um, that said like, yeah, it's, it's just in two or three years from now, it has the, uh, the potential of, you know, we'll, we'll be having a conversation about, holy shit, like how the hell did we, how, well, why did we do that? Um, and you don't know, but uh, I guess like we all made a deal with the, the former devil's GM where he came in and is running things his way or the highway. And, um, it's, you t- I guess you just gotta kind of take the good, which is, it's stalling like some adults in the room, respectability, getting Barry Trotz and bringing this team. Like, look, Lou, Lou Lamarillo in his two seasons for the Islanders GM has won three playoff series uh, mm-hmm. with them. So, like, you take those those with the with the bad, and there are, are a lot of bad things, which are these um, strange contracts that he's going <laughs> to have to figure out a way to get out of. Um, and and we haven't seen that Lou magic uh, that that everyone promised that we'd see. Uh, yeah. As, as much but yeah that's true it is funny how you always hear like oh I, I think Lou's got something up his sleeve but so far he really hasn't I mean yeah obviously traded for Green and Peugeot you know but I don't think either of those were like whoa swooping in and maybe Peugeot a little bit but then immediately everybody was like well they gave up what and they made it sound like the Islanders gave up a ton but what really they gave what what they needed to and they got the perfect guy that they needed. I mean, we talked about it all last year. Like the, he was the perfect addition for this team and still is. And, you know, again, when you look at the lineup, the way it's set, yeah. Okay, fine. He needs two wingers, but they've got guys that can, they can figure out who the wingers are. Hopefully one of them isn't Leo Komarov, but um, you know, the, the thing about, um, but you know, that made sense. The thing about Martin uh, that also is scary. Again, this is what and it's, I'm glad you brought up Lou because yeah, this is a sort of Lou loyalty deal. You know, they they give him they give him the term to show you know he's been so loyal to the Islanders, but you know makes everybody kind of scratch their head a little bit. The problem Martin's thing is that he functions better, and I think he would be the first to admit this too. He functions better, obviously, with Casey Sezikis and Cal Clutterbuck. Those three guys are so unique in that they function better as a unit than separately. Um, that you have to account for all of them. Now, Clutterbuck's contract is up at the end of next year. Sezikis is up at the end of this year. Um, I think we all kind of assume that Casey will come back, but what is he going to want to come back with? Because again, if you're talking about a guy who's going to be a UFA for the first time and is going to want to make a certain amount of money, well, he might end up being priced out of the Islanders altogether. And then you're stuck with Martin for three years and not his best friend and center. And then what does that what does that mean for Clutterbuck the year after? So it raises a lot of questions. And again, it's not about the the person or even really the player. It's just about is this really you know what you want to sort of the knot you you want to tie going forward? And we'll just have to you know hope that it all works out. Again, getting Barzell and you know I feel a lot better about it now that Barzell's already signed than I did before Barzell signed because I was like, what are you doing? And then it's like, okay, well Barzell signed now, so you know everything seems a lot better in retrospect. Um, but, uh, yeah, things, things could get, uh, really weird in a hurry. Uh, okay. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a little bit. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the upcoming season and then you'll want to keep hearing, uh, listening for a very special offer that you can only find right here on this very podcast. And you're going to love it. I promise. All right. So come back with us in a couple of seconds. And then, uh, at the, uh, tail end of this next segment, uh, we're going to talk about it. All right. Thanks a lot. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can find T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs uh, featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Kevin has been chipping away. There's great stuff over there, and as always, they also have our Al Arbor T-shirts. Uh, our entire portion of which goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. So you could buy a cool shirt, you can make a donation, and you could save some dough by using the code Lighthouse15. You get 15% off your order. Um, it, this has been really great, and Kevin sends me these updates, and I'm glad that people buy these shirts because they're awesome and they're, they're great quality. They got cool logos that you have not seen and will not see anywhere else. So go to vintageicehockey.com. Use the code Lighthouse15, get some cool stuff, and uh, and have a good time. Um, so, yeah, we, we talked a little bit about them earlier, um, but uh, the the roster is set in a, in a lot of ways the way it was before. You're going to have Lee Barzell, Eberle up top. You're going to have Bailey, um, Nelson, and Beauvillier in, in second line. Uh, Barry Trotz, by the way, was just talking up Josh Bailey like crazy this whole training camp just about how he kind of had him playing out of position and doing all kinds of weird stuff last year and wants him to focus on his game and, and really thinks he's he's poised for a really, really good season if he could just focus. I mean, last year, everybody's <laughs> everybody's season was a complete hash, but yeah, uh, Bailey was all over the place last year. Um, the fourth line, as we talked about, provided Sezikis is healthy and his arm isn't a real problem, is going to be Martin Sezikis-Clutterbuck again. That third line, though, you got Peugeot in the middle and then who knows who, on either side. Malkadal Cole is still here. He's a favorite of ours. Hasn't really found that sort of scoring uh, footing yet, but can dig pucks out of corners like really nobody we've seen in a long time. Ross Johnston is still here. Um, you know, the big man does have some hands and he can play a little bit, um, but he's kind of like the 13th forward a little bit. Leo Komarov, as we said, is in year three now of that four-year contract, right? So, He's still kicking, doing whatever he, it is that he does. Uh, they're never going to get rid of Andrew Ladd. He's still going to be here, but he was waived today. Uh, and then Bellows and Wallstrom are the two most intriguing guys. And Bellows, as you remember, or maybe not remember, had a, a right after the season ended, he had a, a he was suspended, or or did we find out at that point that he was had been suspended for a PED violation or something like that? Yeah, right? It, it's it's kind of like these these contracts, like the the Martin Green Corey Schneider contract. Like for some for some reason, it's just totally okay for the Islanders just to like not disclose any information about anything <laughs> until like the last second. It's like right. the Kiefer Bellows thing nobody talked about, and I don't even know if half you know ninety percent of the league knows that he got a PED uh, slap on the wrist because it. it he, he apparently served his suspension already. Like how it was news for about five possible? minutes, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> he served his suspension during the the hiatus, which uh, 
is I guess so did everybody else some for some reason, but I, I can't it's just it blows my mind too. And you'd think uh, you know, with Lou and Trotz, like that kind of thing, if unless if if, if it was like a truly sinister thing that he did, uh he it, things things would be different. Like he wouldn't be here. Um but so it sounds like maybe there was like some sort of weird thing that happened, but uh we'll never we won't know about it until uh somebody writes the Lou Lamarillo era Islander book. <laughs> um yeah, it's uh it was a, a weird thing and again it was news for about five minutes and then that was it. But uh whatever transgre- you know, uh transgression he committed was over and done with and the team just announced at the time that you know it's it's over and it's, the case is closed and now after a couple of months of uh, I guess settling and and now training uh Bellows has had apparently a heck of a camp and has gained gotten rave reviews from Barry Trotz saying he's come back him and Wallstrom they said la- he said last year they were both boys and now they're both playing like men so you know that's the kind of thing that you know we started off talking about the kind of fears of Islanders fans after generations of disappointment. Um, you know, we've heard that kind of stuff before from coaches and, and wondered, and then, you know, later on been like, yeah, okay, that guy didn't really, wasn't any better this year than he was last year, but there, there are openings here. And yes, there's a lot of guys that are capable of playing on the JG Pajot's wings, but boy, if he can find chemistry with two guys that are no, were known in their, you know, junior days for scoring goals um and the islanders looking like a four-line team that's really dangerous up and down the lineup um with a brand new goalie (laughs) and uh and a pretty good defense um you know this team could be really dangerous and i I don't want to get myself too too hyped up about it but you know when when the coach starts talking about the young guys like that um it sounds pretty good of course then they get waved the next day so (laughs) you know it's never it's never easy but but again those guys are they're gonna the AHL season doesn't start for like another month and a half so they could be called back quote unquote called back across the 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 parking lot uh into you know um uh northwell health ice center pretty quickly so um we'll have to see what happens but it's exciting you know it's exciting the idea of these guys playing like that it's it's exciting because you know that you knew that the last last year like there was no chance that uh these guys were gonna really be given their shot like and or you know no, didn't even make the bubble obviously yeah, yeah, and exactly. Waltram was there and didn't play <laughs> right so it's like it's nice that like if if Barry Trotz is talking about them he's doing it for a reason you know it's like it's like a smoking gun kind of thing Trotz is is very um he's very clever I guess is a good way to say it like he knows what he's doing um and I tr- you know I hope I, I trust that that's what what he's doing is is basically you know you know c- I told an anecdote a while ago on this podcast about how I tried to um, Trojan horse some confidence into Marty Reasoner because I realized that he was going to be playing a lot during during a playoff series. And I wonder if, you know, if Trotz is, is less subtly doing that with, with Bellows and Wallstrom talking about them as much as he can um, uh, in, in, in the media. Because you, you, you hear Barry Trotz talk about glowingly about his players, but he also will be like, yeah, he's not ready yet. Or, you know, we just, we, you know, or he can, if someone asked about Oliver Walsh and Kiefer Bellows on a third line, he could also just as easily say, yeah, like they're definitely in the running, but we have some veteran guys. We like to Leo, Leo and uh, brings this to the room and whatever. Um, but it doesn't seem to be the case this year. It seems that this time around it's uh, there seems to be some weight behind these two players, hopefully uh, playing with Peugeot. And, and it's that the, Michael Dalcol is interesting too, just because over his career, like he's 
it he, he we now know like what where his ceiling basically is like it's we know michael del cole if he has a great season it would be like in an 82 game year it'd be like nine goals eight assists or whatever like that that's a good season for 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 michael del cole at this point in his career jg pajot at least playing with him like i think they, they could be an effective you know one two in a line with they could be a school. very annoying line to right. play. Yes, the, uh, <laughs> the, the mosquito fleet is is the, yeah. the, the term I, I heard learned the other day about like players who are who are like annoying on the on Australian rules football teams. Uh, they you know that would be a good mosquito fleet line is like Dalcol Pajot with one of the two uh, young scorers, and like so if if those are the three they're picking from consistently, like if Trotz is basically penciling in two out of those three every night, I'll, I'll be over the moon. I really would. Um, then, you know, when we start talking about, uh, yeah, uncle Leo, you know, it, that's, that's when things get you know a little dicey, uh, because, and you, you know, you're, you're asking Peugeot not only to do everything he does well on the ice, but you're also asking him to, um, co- provide cover for, uh, the wild card who, who doesn't have the upside that, that you want out of the wild card. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's, it's those two guys and, and, you know, I'm interested to see what, uh, you know, these, Austin Zarnix and AJ Greer's of the world do. I don't know anything about them. I uh, I don't yeah, expect I don't expect that they're going to um, you know set the world on fire or cover themselves in glory. But you know they it could maybe you know maybe one of them is uh, does does it does a job too and becomes that that the the new thirteenth or fourteenth forward and and is able to fill in for for a clutterbuck or when he, when he gets slashed by another skate or something, cause he does that every <laughs> week. And, you yeah. know, it's just like, it's, there are, there are, um, the bottom of the, the, the roster, there are just these unknowns and, and you, we just, we don't know the upside of any of them. Like last year, when we came into the season, we knew what the upside of Derek Broussard and Leo Komarov and Ross Johnson was, whereas these guys, um, we, we really don't. So, uh, there is some, 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 you know, very in the weeds intrigue, uh, to this team. Yeah. Um, I think I, I misspoke before. I, I think I believe Koivula, Otto Koivula was in the bubble with the Islanders, but never actually played. I don't think Wallstrom uh, yeah. was with them, I don't think. Um but yeah, but yeah really, we, we didn't really even mention him yet. Who knows? Like yeah. he's he, he's been around for a while and it seems like this is this would be his, you know, along with, with Wallstrom and Bellas, like his, you know, put up or or shut up, like we'll find out if you are gonna be an yeah. NHL or not here. Yeah, we'll see. Um Zarnik might, by the way, kind of be you know, the, the replacement Sezekis if they need to. Oh, but now, you know, um, Mason Jobs is still here. T- Tanner Fritz is still here. Holy crap. I forgot about Tanner Fritz. I always forget about Tanner Fritz, but he was waived again today too. So he, he's just a call up boy too. But yeah, there is definitely some intrigue uh, there. Um, you know, as far as Leo goes, um, it's been reported multiple places. Dave Pagnotta, again, is kind of the guy who always kind of brings this up. But Lou has been trying to trade Leo uh, and Andrew Ladd and Thomas Hickey for additional cap space this year, which would have allowed them to sign Matt Barzell to a bigger contract to the surprise of absolutely no one. He has not found any takers. Even Lou Lamorello could not find takers for these people. Although Pagnota did mention the other day that um, there might have been something in the works that would have involved sending Hickey to Detroit. Now we've talked at length on this podcast over the years about how much we love Thomas Hickey. He's such a smart guy. You know, uh, I was really happy. I mean, they they signed him to a four year contract on the day that John Tavares left, and it was a small, tiny silver lining for that very just heartbreaking day. Um, but I, I am I am and will always be a big Thomas Hickey fan. 
Um, you know, that said, there's really not a place for him on the Islanders right now, aside from maybe seventh defenseman, like that sort of guy who's going to spell other people. Um, and he's and he's making about two million this year. So, again, the Islanders are a team that doesn't have a lot of room to wiggle. Um, that would be a, a big help for them to to move that two million dollar salary someplace else and then replace him with a Sebastian Ajo is maybe a seventh defenseman you know, who has some AHL, NHL experience, but would you rather have Aho, who was an all-star in the AHL, getting regular playing time in the AHL? You know, we haven't talked about the whole uh, um, taxi squad dynamic where guys can be on the taxi squad and practice with the big team, but not, you know, uh, be on the salary cap, and then they can kind of pop in and pop out as necessary. But then you've got your AHL guys that would play in the AHL. So it's a, this is an interesting thing because the Islanders really could use this taxi squad to its advantage because they have a lot of these older guys taking up a lot of room, but they don't necessarily have to play in the AHL. Um, but I don't know if Aho necessarily is the guy you want there. So maybe Hickey's better, but at the same time, if you can get rid of two million bucks, that's not bad. Um, I don't want to see him play on Detroit. Probably not going to be a very good team. The same way I don't want to see Thomas Grice play in Detroit because they're not going to be a very good team. But, uh, you know, that's something to keep your eye on. Maybe that happens Tuesday before the final rosters are set. Um, but uh, we'll have to see what happens there. That move to pick up Hickey on waivers and just like his career, it's just it's just really unfortunate that it's not going to be as like fondly remembered as it should just because of, right? Yeah, just like the way it ends. But it's... You know what a what a good Islander he was. Uh, especially that those first couple of years, he was he was like just so good. Um, I mean, he, he's really high, or at least somewhat surprisingly high, maybe on the like games played list for Islanders defensemen. Like he's he's definitely in the top twenty somewhere because he just he's never hurt until the time, one time he got hurt, and then Devontae's basically stole his job. You know, so and now Devontae's is gone. So it has been a very weird thing. But uh, I will never see a post uh, uh, an intermission interview the same way thanks to thomas hickey like he's spoiled us now for intermission interviews where he actually says in- interesting stuff and intelligent things as opposed to just breathing his way through a couple of questions from shannon hogan before heading to the uh to the locker room uh so if, if another team does pick him up they get a, a pretty good defenseman a really super great guy uh and also uh an in-game analyst basically for uh, whenever he's ready to uh to hang them up. Uh, so what will, again, just keep your eye on it. Nothing's obviously nothing has happened yet, but uh, we'll have to see, you know, Pagnota seems to have a line with these types of things. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, okay. So I teased a little bit ago, we have a cool thing going on. I'm going to let you take the floor because this was your idea and I love it. And uh, it combines two of my very favoriteest things, the Islanders and eBay. And it's also going to help us uh, get a little bit more traction in the uh, podcast community. So go ahead. What's the idea? Yeah, I think uh, you know you and I both are are pretty uh, avid eBay users, and um, just today I had my my Patrick Laleem Senators jersey arrived. Uh, this is an amazing jersey, by the way. You got to show a picture of this. Yeah, it's great. I, I t- yeah, I tweeted a picture out. I uh, so it came today. It's beautiful, and you know, when you one of my favorite things to do every once in a while is just type in vintage either like vintage NHL or vintage New York Islanders, retro, whatever. Um, so the idea basically is that to uh, we're going to f- put together a, a little makeshift uh, <laughs> makeshift contest. I don't know if you can call it a contest or a raffle, whatever you want to call it, um, where uh, Dan and I will scroll through some vintage Islanders eBay items. Uh, we'll pick one out and we will give it to somebody who 
leaves a review um, for our podcast. Uh, you know, preferably it's a five star review. We're, we're going to do it randomly, uh, but um, the the way to enter is very simple. You leave the review, even if you already have left one. Um, you leave one. Uh, write why you like the podcast, don't like the podcast. Uh, do whatever you want, uh, and then put your uh, Twitter handle uh, at the end of the review, so then we can uh, track you down uh, if you win and send you your Islanders eBay item. Which we, I'm not, we're not going to reveal what it is uh, because I just think the magic of opening up uh, a package, that, <laughs> considering what you know was on what is on Islanders eBay, uh, opening that up, and then you just might not, you might get like a Mike Igledon. Uh, signed puck or something you know yeah could be could be something real special right so it's going to be one random review and then one random item from islanders ebay so yeah make sure you put your twitter handle on there so we can reach out to you and and get your address and stuff like that but if you're on ebay and you just type in new york islanders you know a whole bunch of stuff will come up obviously people tag what they sell and then you can you can uh drill down by different things apparel or collectibles to me collectibles are where it's at because this is where you find the really the strangest stuff. Obviously, the the clothing is great, but a lot of it's kind of cost prohibitive. But if you go through the the collectibles thing, you'll find some some weird stuff. I saw before, like a, a season ticket holder's letter. I guess they had the person that saved the letter and the envelope and like whatever kind of uh, I don't know official letterhead or whatever was in there. So you can find kind of stuff like that. There's a lot of John Tavares Christmas tree ornaments, uh, as you may guess, uh, may assume is in there. Um, lots of stickers, lots of patches. And lots of just weird randomness, you know, uh, bobbleheads and uh, yeah, it's just crazy. So, you know, you can, this is your chance to leave us a review, which obviously helps uh, raise our profile uh, and snag yourself some very strange uh, Islanders swag from a place that, that traffics in the most strangest swag imaginable. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited just to look through this and find something (laughs) to send people. This is really cool. The other day I bought a, um, a crew neck Islander sweatshirt with the, the fisherman logo on the like a uh, small fisherman logo patch on like the left breast. And it's a 1995, 1996 season ticket holder, uh, which is beautiful. Um, so, yeah. It's just like, you, you get it. You'll get, you know, you have a good chance and to get something kooky out of, out of it. And um, yeah, all you got to do is just leave us a review and uh, we're going to try to do it monthly. And um, I'm also going to say if, if, if the Islanders win, you know, if the Islanders win ten games in a row, we'll we'll, we'll do. I'll, I'll get an even bigger prize because that's worth celebrating. So we, we'll put wow, that up. Ten let's, games. Let's cross that bridge so we come to you. You're a betting man, obviously. So it all, I just want to throw it into the universe. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I just, uh, I, it's fun. It's a, it should be a good time, and I think it's a. Uh, Dan and Dan and I uh, don't uh, do the the whole uh, leave you know, two minute spiel at the beginning of the podcast about rating review and subscribing. I, I think that's, we forget more than anything, honestly. I don't, yeah, I don't well, think yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We yeah. can jump into the, the subject. Yeah, we got to get the, we gotta get to all, you know, Matt Martin's uh, lifetime contract. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is our way of doing that. And then you probably won't hear from it, hear about it much right. more. That would explain why we've been, we've had this show for like five seasons and we have like 
less than 50 reviews or something like that. I forget what it is, but uh, we're actually signed up for a, and, and we, we will be able to track this through a, a website that we're like logged into that, you know, teaches, shows us like where the charts are. Every once in a while, we joke that we were, you know, number one in Japan that week or something like that. So we'll, we'll be able to see where the, uh, the reviews come from, from there and, and read them as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a cool thing. And again, those reviews are big. So if you're on iTunes, that's the best place to leave the review. That's really the only place you can leave a review. Uh, you know, we're on a lot of different, websites but itunes is the one that really that's the chart that really matters as far as like you know podcast metrics go so get on there everybody sadly has itunes unfortunately if you're like me you can't ever get away from it even though it's one of the programs that makes you want to tear your hair out but uh yeah you can just leave us a quick review and uh you know it doesn't have to be shakespeare or anything but just tell us what you like about it and again please give us five stars because that would be really helpful um but uh but you know it's up to you you gotta do what you gotta do so yeah check that out leave a review and uh, we're going to do this uh, once a month, you know, uh, for the regular season. And then we'll we'll see where it goes from there. That goes until May. So that's like about maybe five winners. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, actually, it's funny, too. I was just before you we were talking about this before and um, it reminded me I had some my eBay watch list is always being added for stuff. I use it. I don't buy Islander stuff on it. I use it to buy mostly retro video games and uh manuals and boxes you know to kind of keep the make them complete and also vintage gi joes i'm a big gi joe guy so like i collect a lot of the old 80s gi joes and i get a lot of them from ebay but uh, i just bought a complete afterburner 2 for the sega genesis 1989 very excited about this 20 bucks a great deal i've always, i've wanted to own this game for 30 years and now i finally get yes yeah, so and so and my every week my wife every time i'm always <laughs> i like but i gotta ask you something and she looks at me like what what now what is on ebay now <laughs> I, i'm sorry i'm sorry it's, i i didn't look i didn't ask for it to be there it just showed up oh my god afterburner too 20 bucks well, the good the good thing is you can you can be like look it's not that strange trust me Mike yeah. over there. He's he's, yeah, right. he's he's ordering cricket bats and and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Yeah, no, we don't have, wow, cricket bat. That's a that's got to be that's probably pricey to. I mean, my stuff usually I always look for free shipping because I'm yeah. just cheap that way. But I don't know if you get free shipping on a cricket. Yeah, the, bat. I think the cricket bat. Well, that was Amazon. It was cheap. It was you know oh, I'm right. not I'm not in the, I'm not a cricket player, so I've, I've never tried. But I just I like the idea of of sport equipment as um, decorations, like mm. like as like kind of just like like it's just leaning kind of against my wall um in my home office and i think it just looks cool and it, it's like a good icebreaker on like a zoom call for people be like hey like what, what the hell is that about yeah. and then i'm like oh you know it's just the cricket bat and, um pretty funny my yeah. favorite movie is this is spinal tap and the the manager goes on to a a whole spiel about how his cricket bat comes in handy and he like puts it against the guy's neck or whatever to use it to like whack all the stuff off a desk so yeah I, cricket bat I said that to my wife i was like this is this is like you know people do keep like baseball bats like i remember when i was bartending we had a baseball bat uh under the bar just you know just in case and honestly like these if if you do have a bar like you should go the cricket bat like you just have so much more margin for error um, mm. and the other, the other thing is like, it came with two cricket balls and these things are really hard. Um, mm. yeah, they're like wood almost. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. These, these, these people are nuts. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that is one, one sport I will never understand and do not understand is, is cricket. Um, but, uh, I, I also, uh, like to look for Islander stuff out in the wild. Cause I go to flea markets a lot. Cause I, I, I went to one all the time with my mom as a kid. And so there's a couple here in Jersey that I go to all the time and it's been pretty rare, but every time I find Islander stuff out in the wild, it's a real thrill. Cause I'm just like, Oh my God, Islander stuff. I found, I have a, <laughs> a that I'm looking at right here. And then if you follow me on, on Twitter, you know, I find the, uh, 
the um, starting lineup figures. Uh, I got my Ziggy Palfy here. I got a Pierre Turgeon and a Kirk Muller and a Brian Berard. I think that's basically everybody. Um, so, and and I, I find starting lineups a lot. So I kind of pick. I have a, I have a Jim Carrey Capitals one. Uh, <laughs> I have Jim a uh, yeah. God, uh, I miss him. <laughs> the next tech. He was like he was like the first goalie I remember. You know, I, I, like I remember seeing and being like, "That's a goalie. That's what a goalie does. Goalie is a position in hockey." Like, and he was so good in like the first year that like I comprehended yeah. hockey. Um, he was. He good. Had, like, that was the only year he was good that you saw it. That was yeah, it. exactly right. He had. I don't remember. I think he had like an ace. Like uh, his like his like mask was like a, a dealing yeah. cards. You know, mm. uh, so yeah. Jim Carrey. Wow. He was he was huge. That's why I got it because I'm like, oh man, this is the, the the quintessential NHL one one hit wonder. He won the Vezina that year, and that was it. He was done. Um, I have a Keith Kachuk, I think Jets, I think maybe one, and I have a LaFontaine Sabers one. Of course, they don't make a. They, he he was he was in Buffalo before the Islanders got a starting line, before line, starting lineup figures. I guess were a thing, uh, so they never made an Islanders version of that. But it would be cool. And then you know, once the thing about starting lineup figures is when you have a whole bunch of them, you look at them and you're like. Wait, this is the same figure, just with different paint jobs on. So there's really no difference between the Kirk Muller and the and the Pierre Turgeon and the Pat Lafontaine and the Keith Kachuk. They're all the same figure. They, none of them look like the guy. It's just wearing, you know, one guy is Lafontaine sixteen on the back and the Sabres thing on the front. That's <laughs> so. But uh, yeah, well, then the McFarland toys are a whole separate thing. But. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so leave us a review. We really appreciate it, uh, and you get some cool stuff out of it. So and don't forget to leave your Twitter handle. Uh, on the bottom of the review at the end of the review so we can we can find you and uh get yourself because if we if we pick yours we need a place to send it so yeah you. it's an automatic elimination yeah <laughs> automatic <laughs> elimination from the big contest right we definitely don't want to do that so uh yeah and that's about it get excited uh wednesday the uh the 14th is the islanders first game of the season against the rangers uh i believe it's a seven o'clock i believe every game is a seven o'clock start and before i forget because we're not going to talk uh before then uh, Monday is Martin Luther King Day, and the Islanders uh, are playing the Bruins at the Coliseum, although it'll be empty. That's a 5 o'clock start. So if you're home, as most of us will be, 5 o'clock, tune in, and you can get that Islanders uh, MLK matinee game that I think we missed last year, right? I think the pause happened just before that. Um, oh, no, what am I talking about? No, what am I talking about? That was a, No, we, there was uh, – yeah. No, I'm sorry. We missed the Columbus Day matinee this October. It's always this, that Columbus yeah. Day matinee. Yeah, so we would have missed that. So this can kind of make up for that a little bit uh, if you missed it. So uh, there you go. So uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski with two E's. Read his uh, work at the Action Network. Make sure you follow and read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, Steve and Dom and Jenny, me, we're, everybody, we're all back. Carrie's back. We're going to get some cool stuff going this year, so it should be fun. Oh, check out a uh, new podcast. It's P.T. Isles. Obviously, you know Joe already, but now his new co-host is Noel from Isles Buzz. I heard they were going to change the title of the show a little bit, but for right now, it's, it's P.T. Isles episode. Uh, it came out on on uh, Saturday, I believe, before no, it was Friday before Barzell signed. So you can listen to those guys. They had a great conversation. And uh, that's going to be Joe and Noel going forward. So I'm looking forward to that. Both really great guys. Congrats, Joe, on uh, and his wife on their uh, n- new addition uh, soon and uh, impending move. So there you go. Check it out. Uh, it's right there on the website. And, uh, yeah, you can follow me at Culture of Losing and uh, get ready for another season of Islanders hockey. It should be fun. And, um, you know, the, 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 lo- the roster is familiar, but there's enough new stuff here to really – 
be very, very intriguing, particularly the guy wearing number 30 uh, in the crease. Should be very, very fun to watch. I'm looking forward to him for sure the most. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. And we will talk to you again. I guess we're, we're going, we never talked, but I guess we're going weekly again this year, right? We had so much fun with it last year. <laughs> yeah, until, until they start, you know, two and two and 26, then, then maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe then we'll go by weekly. Yeah. It's going to be harder to find like sort of breaks in the middle here when right. we can talk. Um, it's going to be a lot of uh, game day, I guess, um, podcast going up, but uh, we'll do what we can. But yeah, figure we'll, we'll be weekly or thereabouts. I mean, you guys know us by now. We, we try and do the best we can to keep on a schedule uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go that way. Last, I mean, you know, during the bubble, we were doing this sometimes two, three times a week. So yeah, that was wild. What a grind. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we were kind of we were kind of done by the end of it. But uh, yeah, I think every week we're going to we'll get together and uh, see what's going on. All right. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye bye.